0: Good morning, church family. You glad to be here this morning? Yeah, come on, let's give it up for our worship team and what a moment of worship. We get to celebrate God together. Welcome. And then my name is Libby Abraham, for those that may not know me, might, I get the joy of being the campus pastor at our Missouri City location, and what a great moment for us to kind of kick off a new series together. If you're new or visiting us for the first time, we say welcome and welcome home. You are sitting around some amazing world changers and people who love to walk with you, and this church is a family for you that's waiting for you to enter in, and help. let us help you take the next step to wherever God might be calling you to. Today we kick off a brand new series called Boundaries, The next three weeks, including today, I invite you to come and be a part of this. I believe this could change your life because it's changed my life just preparing to teach it. All right, I'm gonna ask you a question today. How many of you have ever said yes when you really wanted to say no? All right, come on, go ahead. The rest of you who didn't raise your hand, we know you're in denial because all of us do that at some point. We feel the need to say yes, even if we really want to say no. Maybe it was your kids pestering you about something, and time and time again, you said no, but in that last moment, you gave in and said yes. It's that coworker that procrastinated on his assignment, so he asked you to take on a project, and you were just so nice. And the thought of saying no, you felt guilty, so you said yes. Maybe even a ministry leader at our church, God forbid, our church, asked you to do something, and you really wanted to say no because you had your plate full. But you're like, this is a Christian church. I'm a Christian man or woman, I have to say yes. And so you resentfully said yes. I want you to now think of all of the reasons that justified you saying yes. All of the reasons why you told yourself, okay, I have to commit to this. I have to say yes. Maybe because you're nice. Or maybe you felt like this was your Christian duty to help everybody, to save all the people in the world, to give and give and give and to say yes to every opportunity that came your way. Maybe at the thought of saying no, you felt guilty. You felt like, oh, this is a terrible thing to do. The third question in this scenario that I want you to think about is, what did it cost you, and was it worth it? When you said yes to somebody's compulsion, they're pressuring you. What did it cost you in terms of time and resources and family, your personal joy? What did it cost you, and was it worth it? A few months ago, I just happened to look down on my calendar and realized that the next seven evenings, I would be gone from home. Due to some ministry obligation, some good things that I had committed to a long time ago, between a Saturday night service in Missouri City and a Sunday night concert I had to be at and a a radio talk show that I had committed to months ago on Monday night and a few committee meetings, for the next seven nights, I would be gone from home. And the worst part is, I hadn't told my wife about this. And so I'm getting a little anxious. How am I going to break this to Stacy? And I thought to myself, you know, I think I have a boundary issue. I think I might have overcommitted. I might have said yes to a lot of good things, but at the cost of the best things in life. I might have said yes to good at the expense of the best. And I have a feeling... That I'm not the only one that struggles with little overcommittal issues. That all of us feel that pull, that inclination to step into other people's problems and other people's situation and to give ourselves away so much that we have nothing to give to the things that matter the most. And if that represents anything like your life, I encourage you the next three weeks could be life-changing and life-transformative for you. If you know somebody that is constantly crossing your boundaries, invite them to church with you next week. (laughs) Just tell them you'll buy them lunch or something. Hopefully that person isn't sitting next to you, but bring somebody with you. It could change their life and your life. We're all familiar with boundaries. We know what a physical boundary is. When you came to church today you most likely, and I'm really hoping you did, you drove on the right side of the road. I hope you did, and if you have no idea what I'm talking about, please don't drive anytime soon. We're supposed to drive on the right side of the road. That's a boundary to keep you safe. And when you drove on the road, there was a speed limit that you were supposed to abide by. I know you didn't realize there was one, but there was a speed limit as a boundary to protect you. When you came into our campus, There is a parking lot with parking spaces that you're supposed to park inside of to protect your vehicle while you are here at church. And when you leave today in just a few moments, you're going to follow those exact same boundaries and go back home. And if you own a home, most likely, I'm guessing, you have a fence around your house. How many have a fence around your house? If you don't know what a fence is, it looks like something like that. Uh, That's a fence. And it's a good idea to have a fence. If you don't have a fence around your house, you probably ought to get one. A fence is a property line. It's a marker that defines what is yours and what is not yours. It tells you what grass you're supposed to mow and what grass your neighbor's supposed to mow, amen? Amen. What is your weed to pull and what is your neighbor's weed to pull? A fence is an important thing. It tells you where you begin and where your neighbor's property begins. And if you get home today and inside of your fence there's some strange guy just hanging out that you don't know, or inside your house, you should probably call the cops. Right? Because they violated a physical boundary. Don't call your pastor. Call the cops. I've had somebody call me when they found out somebody broke into their house. And I said, look, I can pray for you. But I don't know if my prayers are that good. You really need to call the police. <laughs> because they've broken a boundary and stepped into a physical property line that is not theirs. So we all agree we need physical boundaries. And it protects us. But most of us don't realize just as we have a physical boundary, we also have an emotional boundary, and a spiritual boundary, and a personal boundary. There are boundaries around our resources, our money, our time, our energy, our family, that we need to be just as keenly aware of. Because when the emotional and personal and spiritual boundaries of your life gets crossed, the consequences are far more severe than even just a physical boundary that gets crossed. It's more serious than even the fence around your house. So over the next few weeks, we're gonna look at what they are and how we define and protect the boundaries of our life. So what is a boundary? Boundaries are limits. Boundaries are limits that do two things at least. They define and protect. Boundaries are limits, healthy limits, that define and protect at least three things. First of all, they define and protect your purpose. They define, first of all, your identity. Purpose is number two. They define your identity. Your identity is who you are. It's the essence of your being. It's the core of your life. It's who you are. And unless you know who you are, you don't know who you're not. You don't know what you're supposed to do or who you're supposed to be. Boundaries define and protect your identity. It's so important that you know who you are. Second of all, boundaries define and protect your purpose, that God-given purpose that you were created to fulfill, that thing that makes you unique, the reason for your existence, the purpose. God has an amazing purpose for each and every one of you, a purpose that you are meant to fulfill in life. Third of all, boundaries define and protect your responsibilities. Responsibilities, what you are meant to steward, care for, and be responsible for. There may be a lot of things and a lot of people you are responsible to, but there are only a few things you are responsible for. Boundaries define and protect identity, purpose, responsibility. And if you always Constantly feel overwhelmed and under-resourced. You feel tired and weary. You feel exhausted and frustrated, thinking you don't have enough hours in the day. You don't have enough energy to spend on what's important. It could be that you, like me, may have a boundary issue. That some part of the fence has been torn down, and we need to rebuild or establish for the first time certain boundaries in our Life, fences to keep and protect the things that matter the most. Now, before we keep going, I want to lay a few foundations for you. First of all, God is pro-boundary. God is pro-boundary. Oftentimes, we use our Christian faith in the Bible to defend our boundaryless lives. We say, well, the Bible tells me to give myself away and to sacrifice over and over again. So we assume that we are to solve the world's problems and that we're the only Messiah that can save other people's problems and from themselves. And so we give and give and give at the cost of our own health, at the cost of our own joy and our own freedoms. Because we think that we are always supposed to say yes and to give ourselves away no matter what It costs us or our family, but that is just not true. You go to the first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter one, verse one, and what you'll realize is that when God made the world, he put so many boundaries in place. He put parameters and limits that were absolutely required for a healthy universe. The world needed boundaries to function and to exist. God made the heavens and the earth and put a boundary of space between them. God made darkness and light and put a boundary of time. One will be night, one will be day. God made dry ground and the seas and put boundaries of matter between them. God made mankind, Adam and Eve, he gave them so many boundaries. This is where you are to live, in the Garden of Eden. This is what you are responsible for, to tend to this garden. You are not responsible for the universe, that's God's job, but you are responsible for the Garden of Eden. This is what you are to eat. This is what you are to have dominion and rule over. These certain things are within your parameters. God cared about boundaries. When God chose a nation called Israel and chose them as his own people, he put a boundary called the Ten Commandments. Have you heard of those? Those are boundaries. Stay within these boundaries, so you have the hand of God's blessing, provision, and protection, step outside of them, then the great hand of blessing is removed. In fact, the word transgression, literally in the Hebrew means to step over a boundary line, to step over the boundary that God has placed for our life. In fact, God himself has a boundary. God has a boundary, you know what, it's called holiness. God has a boundary called holiness. He will not intermix, and will not intermix with sin. So God is pro Boundaries In Ephesians 5 and 6, we are given so many boundaries of how to be a husband and a wife, how to be a parent to our children, how to be a boss or an employee. God gives us boundaries for our growth and for our health. And I think God is so pro-boundary because he knows that the consequences of a boundary-less life are so severe that it's detrimental, it's tragic when we live without boundaries. You remove the boundary between Land and water, the earth is destroyed. You remove the boundary between the sun and the moon, and we experience a global catastrophe. You remove boundaries, right boundaries between nations. You know what the result is? War. Remove boundaries between people. You end up in chaos, brokenness, infidelity, crime, murder, all kinds of tragedies. Over and over in history, we have realized this truth that we need boundaries to maintain health because the consequences are so severe. There's a book that we recommend you grab a hold of today or sometime this week. It's called Boundaries. They're for sale here in our bookstore. Look, it's the best 15 bucks you could spend today. Because if you deal with boundary issues and overcommitment and just not sure who you are or what you are responsible for, grab this book, dive into it. It tells you when to say yes and how to say no and get control of your life back. Is written by two great men, Dr. Townsend and Henry Cloud. Dr. John Townsend and Dr. Henry Cloud. And they dive into so many truths from God's word. We're going to cover a few of them this few weeks about just how we establish right boundaries, but we don't have time to cover all of them. So grab this book and dive deep into it. Let it help your marriage. Let it put some boundaries around your career and around your home. In this book... The authors define three specific consequences when we live boundaryless lives as people. First of all, there is the consequence of compliance. Compliance. Compliance is saying yes to the bad. Being okay with being harmed. Being okay with taking advantage of. Because we don't know what our boundaries are. We comply with the hurtful and harmful things of life. Second of all, the danger is avoidance. First is compliance, saying yes to the bad. But second of all, we say no to the good. When we don't have boundaries that define what is good and bad and right and wrong, we push the good things out of our life. We say no to a helping hand. We say no to people that have our best interests, compliance, avoidance. And third of all, they describe this consequence of controlling or being controlled. This is when people without boundaries feel that they can manipulate and control other people, whether it be in their home or their job, they can control people, or you become controlled by others. You don't have the ability to say no because you don't know what your boundaries are, and you fall into the pressure and control of other people. Compliance, avoidance, and control. Now, when you look at those dangers, you'll say, well, I never wanna be a person like that. I don't wanna say, no to the good and yes to the bad. I want to say yes to the good and no to the bad. I want to be a person that loves and honors and respects people and be respected by others. But the truth is, unless you have the right boundaries in place, you'll never be able to be that kind of person. You'll never experience joy and the freedom of having the right boundaries in place. Over the next few weeks, we are looking into this as a right, how do we develop this right boundary? So first of all, as you notice in your worship guide all of the scripture passages uh, that i've picked are from the book of galatians often the book of galatians because in my least recent reading of the letter to the churches in galatians i realized that what paul was doing when he wrote this letter was describing and reinstilling some very important boundaries for an early christian community whose boundaries were lost whose boundaries were torn down. Paul visited the communities in Galatia on his first missionary journey and he began to preach the gospel to them and teach them the right doctrines of their faith. And he gave them everything they needed for a healthy life. Because what you realize from the beginning of scripture as we've talked about for the universe to be healthy you need boundaries. And when Paul looked at this church and these Christian communities and these people he realized I gotta give them the right boundaries that promote health and promote growth in their lives. So over the next few weeks there is this one principle that I really want you to grab a hold of and that's simply this. Healthy lives require healthy limits. Healthy lives require healthy limits. Could you say that with me? Just repeat after me. Healthy lives require healthy limits. Let's say that together. You struggled a little bit on that one. Let's say it together. Healthy lives require healthy limits. For us to be a church, for us to be a family, for us to be a married couple, for us to be kids, teenagers, whoever we are, for us to have health in our lives, we have to have the right limits. So Paul looks at this church that he had poured his life into and it sees their limits that promoted health have been taken down because what happened is this right after Paul left, a whole new set of teachers came in. A whole new set of people came in and began to teach these early churches the false gospel. Most of these converts in Galatia were Gentiles, meaning they did not come from a Jewish background. They were coming from a pagan background. But then they gave their lives to Christ and were experiencing the freedom and the health of being a Christ follower. But then these Jewish Christians came and said, look, we know that you just accepted Christ and that Paul told you that you are saved by grace and by faith in Jesus Christ, but in order for you to be saved... You have to now be circumcised. You have to now follow the traditions of our law. You have to follow the rules that Moses put into place. You have to observe the festivities and the seasons and the rituals of the Jewish customs. In order for you to be a Christ follower, you now have to do all of these things to be saved. Can you imagine how burdensome that would have been for them? They just want to follow Christ. They want to experience a new life of freedom that Jesus had given them. But now they're thinking, we've got to do all of these? And soon over time, they gave into the pressure, the control of these Judaizers, these Jewish Christians, and they became compliant people. They said yes to the bad. They became avoidant people. They just threw out of the window all the things that Paul taught them about what the gospel was, and they said no to the good. And they gave into the control of these Judaizers, these new set of teachers. So Paul hears about this, and he's heartbroken. And he writes this letter called the Galatians with a passion to say, guys, you've torn down the boundary we've talked about. You've torn down the boundary of who you are, the boundary of your identity, the boundary of what describes the beauty and the joy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You have forgotten what Christ has done for you. And he realizes there's a whole enslavement. There is a yoke of burden and slavery around their necks. So when I read this letter, I'm thinking Paul is reestablishing the right boundaries for a person to have a healthy life in Christ. So here's a few tips that I learned from Paul here in Galatians. First of all, boundaries allow for true freedom. Boundaries allow for true freedom. Paul in Galatians chapter five, verse one says this, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Can you say that word with me, freedom, freedom? It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and then do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. It is freedom that Christ has set us free. So when he looked at these Galatians, he saw that they forfeited their freedom because they lost sight of who they were in Christ. They forfeited their freedom. They lost sight of the fact that they have been saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, that they were children of God, not because of what they did or could do, but because of what Christ has done. So he's saying to them, man, you've taken on a yoke of slavery, even though Christ has set you free. It could be possible that you're here today or watching online, and when you look at your life, you are not really free. When you look at your boundaries, when you look at your soul, you're not living the kind of freedom that Christ came to give you, and most likely we lack freedom because we don't know who we are. We've never defined what our boundary of identity is. And we're constantly trying to build up our identity of who we are. Maybe if I did this or, or please these people, maybe if I said these words or, or if I just climbed to the ladder of success, then I'll be somebody important. And if you're here and you're trying to build that definition of your identity and you're pursuing the pleasures of life or even religion, then you'll never experience freedom. I love what Pastor Mark often says, you can be religious and still be religiously lost. You can check the boxes like these Galatians were doing. You can meet the status quo and still not experience freedom. Hear me carefully. You will only experience freedom when you know Jesus to be your savior and your Lord. When you know Christ, you know who you are. When you know Christ, you know what he calls you to be and what he defines you as. That's what gives freedom. He removes every yoke of sin and every yoke of slavery from your life and says this is who you are. Build your definition of boundaries based on the word of God. Maybe you're here today and you are a Christ follower, and you had once built this fence of boundaries, definition of who you are. But over time, things have climbed over your fence. They have seeped in to your boundary. Toxic words from loved ones or harmful actions from people you called friends have taken deep root in your heart. And it's taken a stronghold inside of your life. Words that were said years ago, seeped in, and now it's got a stronghold in your life. And when those things happen and you thought about it and thought about it, you have forfeited the freedom for which Christ died for you. The joy, the purpose of life that you were meant to live. And today, this is my invitation to you. The great thing about a fence is that it's got a gate. Your fence at home most likely has a gate. And gates are meant to be opened and closed. Gates are meant to be opened so that bad things can exit your life. You can push bad things out. And they're meant to be open so that good things can come in. Gates exist for the purpose of letting the bad out and the good And if your grass is growing crazy, let the lawnmower guy come in and cut your grass. You need to open the gate and let him in. My wife has told me that too many times to count. you got a gate to let good in and bad out. So this morning, what I'm praying is that you open the gate of your heart. If there's toxic things and harmful words and actions that have taken a deep root in your life, open the gate of your heart and push out the resentment, the bitterness, the anger, the unforgiveness, things that are limiting your freedom. And then bring in, invite in the people in your life, the truths of God that actually set you free. Let God define who you are. Don't let your past define who you are. Let the cross of Jesus define who you are. Don't let the guilts of your life define who you are, but the grace of Jesus Christ and what he's done for you. You are not who others say you are. You are who God says you are. Can I get an amen for that? You are who God says you are. Open the gates of your life and let freedom enter in again. I've met so many people, they are limited because they have this insatiable desire to please people, to win the praises of men and women. They'll work harder, they'll do more just to please people. But I love what Paul says in Galatians chapter one, am I not trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Who am I really trying to please, people or God? Am I trying to please people? If I was still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. What are you motivated by? If you've got this insatiable desire to keep pleasing and pleasing and pleasing, you'll never be free. But if you know that you have pleased your heavenly father because of who Jesus is and that's all that matters, then you will experience freedom finally. Paul in Galatians 5 encourages these churches, to say, look, open up the gate and push out of your life the acts of the flesh. Things like envy and jealousy and bitterness and rage and selfish ambition and dissension and factions and immorality and impurity, the things like that. Push them out of your life. open the gate and let them out. And then bring into your life the fruit of the Spirit. Let these things of the Spirit of God bear much fruit. Things like love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. Let these things into your life. Only you can open the gate of your heart and be free. It takes a sense of, okay, I want to build right boundaries. I want to open up the gate of my fence let the good in and the bad out. Boundaries give you true Freedom. Second of all, boundaries require hard conversations. Boundaries require hard conversations. Paul says it like this in chapter two of Galatians chapter 11. When Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. That's an interesting verse. When Peter, whose name is Cephas, came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face. What had happened is that one instance, Peter became prejudiced against the Gentile Christians in order to please his Jewish friends. He disassociated with Gentile Christians just to make his Jewish friends happy. Now, Paul sees, him. Paul sees this and sees what Peter does. Peter, this is the guy that walks on the water with Jesus. This is the disciple that is on the inner circle with Jesus. Paul was late to join the game But Peter is the one that had first the revelation of who Jesus was, the Son of God. Paul should have been very intimidated by Peter. He should have been a little timid and afraid to speak up to Peter. But when Paul saw what Peter did, he said, that's just not right. That's wrong. And to his face, Paul says, man, I confronted him. He violated the boundary of the freedom of the gospel. He he violated what Christ came to do. So, I had a hard conversation with Peter. Look, I'm the first to admit I hate confrontation. I just wish everybody would be nice, happy, get along. Let's go get some tacos together and have an amazing, merry filled day. But I've realized that, look, if I am afraid to have the hard conversations, I can never lead well. I can't lead my family well. I can't lead our Missouri City campus well. If I'm afraid to speak up when I see something wrong, if I'm afraid, to let people know when they violated an important boundary in my life, I'll never have the kind of health and live out the purpose that I was made to live. There may be people in your life right now that have violated one boundary after another with negative, hurtful words that have just been tearing you down. They come in when they're not invited. They ask of you more than what you're able to give you. That person in your organization or company that just carries a toxic culture wherever they go and it just brings the whole environment of the whole company or your workplace down. Maybe because they don't know your boundaries or simply don't respect them. Let me tell you, it's worth having the hard conversation with them. Because if we're unwilling to have hard conversations with people like Paul did with Peter, we'll never experience the growth and the health of a life that God meant you and I to live. And Paul is saying this to a group of people who were afraid to speak out to these false leaders. They complied, they didn't say no when they asked them to. They gave in to the pressure and the control. And Paul is saying, look, the only way you can keep up the boundary of the gospel is to confront things and people that needed to be confronted. Imagine if Paul never confronted Peter about his prejudice. To our Gentile Christians. The early Christian movement would have been so severely damaged. But Paul, even though it was so hard and uncomfortable, even though it was a little awkward, he knew that unless he confronted Peter, he would be doing a far greater harm. A lot of times we get these two words mixed up or confused. Hurt and harm, hurt and harm. We are afraid to have conversations that we need to have because we feel like we are hurting somebody's feelings. We're hurting a relationship. We're fracturing a friendship and we just don't want that awkward moment. We don't want that distance with certain people. So we are afraid to have some conversations that we need to have. But let me tell you this. There is a world of difference between hurt and harm. It hurts me when I go to the dentist. It hurts me. But that hurt is temporary so that it prevents a further harm. I could eat a box of glazed Donuts all day long. It wouldn't hurt me one bit. I would love it. But that actually brings more harm to me. So I endure the temporary hurt to prevent a further harm. So I wonder how many people you're actually harming by not having the conversations you need to have. How many people close to you that you're harming by not setting the right boundaries and being willing to have the hard conversations Look, the boundaries around your family need to be had. It's worth having. Paul says it like this in Galatians chapter six, verse seven, we reap what we sow. Men and women, we reap what we sow, meaning that if we continually let these boundaries be crossed and violated, we won't even know when we don't have a boundary anymore. It will cause such a long time harm when we just push it under the rug or are unwilling to have the hard conversations. Your boundary around your marriage is worth protecting and having a hard conversation with anyone or anything that protects it. The boundary around your soul, around your finances, around your personal life, around your career, it's worth confronting the things that need to be confronted so that you can have the health and longevity that you need to have. So when I realized, man, seven nights in a row are gone, next seven evenings, I picked up the phone And David was so hard for me to do, especially as a people pleaser. Called at least three guys and said, look, I know that I committed to these things, but I have to back out. I'm sorry, I hate to do this. But there's something that matters more. There's someone that needs me more. I'll tell you, it was hard, but it was so necessary. And they understood. And sometimes it's hard, but it's so necessary. So when you build boundaries, it gives you true freedom. It requires having some hard conversations with people about it, but it's so worth it. And lastly, boundaries clarify what you are responsible for. Boundaries clarify what you are responsible for. When I was uh, in seminary, I came across two guys. I was renting an apartment near downtown and came across two guys who didn't have a place to stay, so... Being a single bachelor, I say, hey, come live with me. My house is your house. Me cost me the two costs, Just what is mine is yours. So these guys came and lived with me. And, and the first guy, he didn't pay rent, first of all. <laughs> and the second of all, I realized soon that all the furniture he brought in wasn't his. They were stolen from somebody else. Whoa, oh that's a problem. And the second guy, he didn't pay rent, one. Number two, I was his private chauffeur everywhere he needed to go. And one day I saw him. I said, hey, man, I really like the shirt you're wearing. Where'd you get it from? I think I have something like it. I said, oh, this is actually your shirt, and these are your shoes. Hope you don't mind. (laughs) Didn't even think to ask. And In a few weeks, he had taken half of my closet and all my shoes, which is fine. I didn't mind it at that time. But the thing is this. When we don't have any boundaries, we could be doing good things. We could be having good motivations but actually harming the situation. We could actually lead people towards dependency rather than autonomy. We could lead people towards entitlement and ingratitude rather than gratitude and responsibility. We could actually be harming people unless we know what we are actually responsible for in our life. Paul says in Galatians chapter 6, This profound statement that might seem a little confusing to you. Verse two, he says, carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something that they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Look at verse two. And verse 5. Verse 2 says, carry each other's burdens. Carry each other's burdens. Then, just three verses later, Paul says, each one should carry their own load. Doesn't that sound a little contradictory? Did Paul change his mind mid-chapter here? One instance he's saying everybody needs to carry their own load, but earlier he just said each of us should carry each other's burdens. It sounds a little confusing in the English language, but in the original text here in the Greek, it's actually pretty profound what he's saying. Paul uses two entirely different words to describe burdens in verse two and load in verse five. The word in verse two that Paul describes for burdens is the word bottles, bottles in the Greek. The word baros describes a heavy, unbearable weight tremendous, it was literally a word for big stones, boulders from the side of the rock, boulders and heavy weight that you could not possibly carry on your own. It was too Too heavy, too burdensome. It would crush you if you try to carry it on your own. These are moments of crisis and grief and loss and pain that's just too much for a single person to carry these boulders. We get these boulders sometimes. These unexpected moments of tragedy and pain. And Paul is saying in verse 2, carry each other's boulders. Carry their burdens, these massive weights of life that crushes. When you get it, let people carry it for you. Carry and be responsible to carry each other's burdens, boulders. But in verse 5, that's not the word he uses in instructing us what to do. In verse 5, he doesn't use the word baros. He rather uses the word fortion, fortion. And the word fortion literally means a backpack. A backpack. It's also described a ship carrying its own cargo, their own weight. Paul is describing a hiker who goes on a hike and he is expected to carry his own hydration system. He's expected to carry his own backpack. He can't expect other people to carry what he is supposed to carry. These are daily responsibilities that so you have a husband, as a, as a wife, as a, as a teenager. These are your responsibilities that you are meant to carry. They're not crazy and un, 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 unrealistic. They're not the boulders of your life. These are daily weights, daily responsibility that each individual is supposed to carry. So Paul is saying, carry the boulders for people. Help them carry the heavy crisis, crucial moments of their life when they need you. Yes, help carry boulders, but everyone needs to carry their own backpacks. But most boundary problems occur when people carry other people's backpacks when we're only supposed to help carry their boulders. Most boundary problems happen. Most exhaustion and frustration happens when we carry everybody else's backpacks when we were never meant to carry the backpacks. We're only meant to carry the boulders, the heavy moments of life. Because what we do is we assume the responsibility that they are supposed to assume. And we take the problem away from them because it's now not their problem. It becomes our problem. So that coworker says, "Ah, I was assigned this project a few weeks ago, but I need you to do it. And you carry that boulder. Your kids' assignments, you begin to do it because their grades are now your grades. And you're like, i got to take care of my kids and i got to carry the things they're responsible for. And you feel the way. You don't want them to look bad. And so you begin to carry their backpacks. And you meet a friend who just lost a job because he quit. <laughs> because he couldn't get along with everybody in his company. And you begin to pay their rent knowing they don't pay you back. Okay, well, I'm going to carry their boulders. I mean, their, their backpacks. I'm going to carry their daily weight. And you go through life carrying all kinds of weight around you. And sometimes you might even take on something and realize, man, I didn't realize how complex it was. You carry one thing and you actually realize there's more to the issue that it's going to take another month, another two weeks. It's going to take a lot more money. It's going to take a lot more time. And you realize, man, that person has just loaded me with more than I can bear. <laughs> so we walk around with everybody else's backpacks and they're loaded, and they don't have to care about anything. You're wondering, man, why come they don't care about it if I am? Because you've taken the problem from them. And God forbid a boulder comes your way. And you enter a moment of crisis. And you know what happens? You get crushed. You have nothing to give anymore. You have no time to give anymore. And you know what happens? You feel like, you know, everybody else is asking me for help. I can't possibly ask anybody else for help. They're all looking at me. I can't be honest about it. I can't tell my small group about it. Everybody's depending on me. I've gotta carry their backpacks and my boulders. This may be what you're feeling like this morning, just feeling exhausted, saying, where is the joy? Where is the purpose? Where is the life that God has meant me to live? All because of a boundary issue. You are responsible to people, but not for everyone. There are certain things that you've got to let down and let people take responsibility for. There's some backpacks you just got to relieve off of your shoulder so that you can have the time and the energy to live out God's purpose, His calling into your life. So often we expand ourselves on everything else and we forget who we are, what we are supposed to do, the things God has called us to. But God has called each and every one of you to amazing life-changing things, but it takes you having a boundary that sets the healthy limits that's required for a healthy life. I want to end with these four questions that are in your notes as we go through the next few weeks. Just think about these four questions. Galatians 6 says that each of us should examine our own work, that we need to have a deep introspection in our own life of the things that we are carrying. First of all, ask yourself this is there anything or anyone that's limiting my freedom? What or who is limiting my freedom? What's crept into the fence? What's gone in unnoticed or you've allowed to take deep roots in? Have I taken more on simply to please people? That's question number two. Have I taken on a lot more just because I have got this desire to please people and I've said yes and just make them happy, but it's costing me my own joy in life? Have I taken on to please people? Number three, who do I need to have some conversations with this week? Am I afraid to have hard conversations to confront people and things that need to be confronted so that I can live in the freedom of my boundaries? Who do I need to have a hard conversation with over the next few weeks? And lastly, Am I carrying something that I was never meant to carry? Am I carrying a load that I was never and I cannot carry if I'm supposed to live in the purpose and life that I have been called to live? What do I need to relieve myself of? What pressure, what things don't fit on my shoulder anymore? You are not called to guard other people's hearts. You can only control your heart. The fruit of the Spirit isn't other control, it's self-control. So today, if you've assumed responsibilities and identity and purpose for other people on their behalf, maybe it's time to put up some healthy fences around our family, around your marriage, around your kids, around your finances, to put a boundary in place that will last you. Would you bow your heads with me? Maybe you're here today, and you don't even have the boundary of identity in place. You're not sure who you are. You're chasing, you're pursuing, you're trying to find out who you are. Friend, can I tell you that begins with Jesus Christ. He knows who you are more than you know who you are. And when you know Christ, you encounter the freedom of who he calls you to be. And if you're feeling far from God today, God's saying, let me define who you are and your purpose. Let me give you freedom in life. Right after the service to my left, your right, there's a room called the Next Step Center across the shore for you. I would highly encourage you, if you just need to be prayed with, if you need to come to Christ or join our church and let people shoulder some of the boulders of your life, Come to the next step sinner. Let us have a moment with you. Join a group. Join our church. Whatever your next step is. And for those that are far from God, may today be the day that you say yes to the freedom that only Jesus can bring you. For the rest of us in this room, let's take a moment and ask God, God, where am I lacking the boundary I need to live out my identity and purpose and responsibilities? Father, we thank you. You've called us to great, amazing things. And in fact, even though we crossed every boundary and sinned against you, you crossed the boundary of heaven and earth and you came to our rescue. Only you could carry our boulders and our backpacks. Only you're strong enough to do that. So we thank you for the gospel of Jesus that defines us and brings freedom and joy into our life. And if there's anyone here in this room or watching that feels distant and far and just burdened by life, today may they find freedom and joy in Jesus Christ. So God, as we journey through life, especially over the next few weeks, would you cultivate health and joy and purpose and meaning back into our life. Help us to have clarity of the boundaries we need to establish, what we need to open to let the bad out and the good in. What is it, God, that we need to expel out of our life that's keeping us limited and tied down? We pray, God, that you have your moment, have your way in us as we respond now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.